I did not! You did so! My character would kick him in uh, the... The balls, Donnie, the balls. <laughs> look, look, this, this is a class to develop your acting skills, not to make your partner a permanent soprano. <laughs> Sensory awareness. Tell a story about what you found today. Let your imaginations run wild. Well, pine cones are kind of ugly. I don't even know why I picked it up. Put that down this instant. Leave it for the loons. Peter, I'm trying to be supportive, but if you believe you actually saw something, then you wouldn't be afraid to tell somebody. I did see something. Then why don't you tell somebody? Why don't you tell that sheriff we met this morning? What's the point? You're losing it. It's a huge shit sandwich, and we're all going to have to take a bite. Hi. This is Lara Park Lincoln from Friday the 13th, Part 7, and you're listening to... The hysteria continues. And indeed you are, and we wish we could get as much enthusiasm up as Larpark there for our double bill, our return to the airwaves. Um, and yes, we have a shit sandwich for you, and we're going to share around. We've got enough for everybody. We're going to be covering um, two dubious delights, Bloodhook and Hollywood's New Blood, which were chosen by listener, is it Mike Alishan? That is correct. Yeah, but they would have been chosen by Nathan at some stage anyway, surely. So we had to get them out of the way. Um, yeah. two, two of the gems from the, the bottom, of, or potential gems, we'll find out from the bottom of the barrel of late 80s slasherdom. Um, and I know one person will be very excited that we're covering them, and that's Eric, isn't it? No. Hello, Eric? Hello. 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 Yeah, did anyone else hear Justin just go completely, yeah? Yeah, he, his voice yeah. got very muffled. I could barely hear it. So, uh, same with me, yeah. Well, you, as you yeah. can see, we returned to the airwaves as professional as ever. Yes, with the amazing <laughs> joys of Skype. Yes. Well, we've already had a few run-ins with Skype this morning, so who knows if we're going to, you know, given the, the nature of the movies. It, I think it's like... Um, what I was watching, I was watching that uh, that Stephen King adaptation of is it eleven twenty two sixty three, and whenever they try and mess with when he goes back in um, in time to stop the murder of JFK, and whenever he's close to doing changing history, um, time or history he starts fighting back, and little things like trip him, you know, gets tripped up, or you know, everything starts going wrong. So I've got a feeling it could be like this because we're sort of history or time is trying to stop us covering. I watched that on Hulu and I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. So, but we are, we are back. We've been away for, well, we've been off the air for a while um, for various holidays and illnesses and various things like that. So um, we're very pleased to be back. It's, it's good fun. It's always good fun to get together to chat um, about these kind of movies. So Eric, how have you been doing? Uh, I have been very good. Well, I was very good up until earlier this week when I started having to watch these two films, not to preempt what my thoughts are. Is that because you were so well, overwhelmed by their amazing Well, yeah, I was, they, were, they were quite moving, yeah. You thought you uh, could never ever see anything as good as them again, so you thought, what's no, the point of going on? Yeah, I said, like, what's the point, yeah. 
Well, because like well, it's like we we haven't recorded since maybe late February now, and like for the last two months, I've been watching films I actually want to see, and so to sort of go back into the routine of watching films like Bloodhook and Hollywood's New Blood has been a shock to the system. Okay, well, is it was it like a kind of colonic irrigation? It was kind of like a colonic irrigation. Yes. Okay. Right. Well, we'll we'll see what you you think a little bit later. But um, Nathan, how about you? How are you doing? I bet you're excited, aren't you? I am very excited because Eric's right. This is probably movies that I would have picked eventually. Yes. Yes. You have them both on VHS, I'm sure. Well, I mean, I don't have any VHS anymore, but I do own Bloodhook on um, digital. It came out on digital? Yeah. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. How else did you see it, Justin? Well, I saw it because I have the original uh, NTSC tape in my hand that could be that could be any ntsc tape you're you're rocking there well does it have what's what's the artwork justin the artwork is the woman in the bikini being hooked and it says it's america's funniest and most frightening terror hit here look i got america's most i have a blu-ray listen (laughs) that's the original blu-ray of bloodhook and um hollywood's new blood double feature that came out well, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, while we're chatting, I shall take a photo and I shall send a copy to you. <laughs> well, it's very, it's very easy to um, just grab this a screen grab off the internet. It's, well, I'd, your, your face will need to be in the picture. Okay, okay. Well, let's do that then, shall we? While, yeah. we're, t- while we're talking, I'm going to put my microphone down, so talk amongst yourselves. <sighs> I'm watching Bloodhook right now. So am I, for my sins. Really, what part are you on? It's just that I just arrived at the Musky Madness Festival. I've, I've just restarted it when we started recording. So, uh, Mine is um, Bev D welcoming them all. Mm. See, I didn't even know what a musky was. I didn't either. And that's actually, I think, some trivia that I've or got a, here. Or a loon. I had to Google what a loon was as well. Yeah, but that woman that kind of reminds me of Serial Mom. Who sits at the table like... Yes, she does. She's straight. She is, okay, here's the photo has just been sent through by Justin now. Let us see. Oh, fair enough. Whatevs. Whatever. Yeah. So it has, it's got the, uh, it's got the meatballs artwork, as I call it. Was uh, this evil and guy in Bloodhook bare enough for you, Eric? Uh, No. And I'm, I'd be put off by the fact that he's called Evelyn, which is a girl's name, surely. Right. I mean, I think... I've never heard of a guy named Evelyn. Neither have I. Evelyn Champagne King. Where's Justin? I mean, he was only taking a selfie. Yeah, Justin. God, he'd never make a teenager, because they can take their selfies. They can take five selfies in five seconds. His mic oh. stopped working. <laughs> He takes a selfie and his mic stops working. I mean, he's like... That's Mr. hysterical. Yeah. Who takes a selfie and then a, a, the mic... That's like, oh, I was trying to get on the internet and the fridge broke or something. <laughs> yeah. We'll see this picture he just sent. Oh. Is Joseph still there? Joseph's gone as well. Hello. Oh, Justin, oh you scared me. Why? I was at the scariest part in Bloodhook, and then the phone rang, and it startled me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Well, that's, yeah. um, I think it's Skype being... Uh, I can't. <laughs> well, I was going to put it slightly less uh, <laughs> right. but yes. Um, oh, just updated Skype, and uh, it seems to be working a bit better now. So who knows? Who knows? Mm. Let the fun begin, uh, begin <laughs> continue even. Yeah. So uh, without any further ado, um, have we said, Joseph, have we asked how you're doing? I've lost track now. No, you've not asked how I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm doing. You're just doing? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm having a bit of uh, <clears throat> back issues this morning, but I'll be okay. Okay. Well, just take it easy. Um, and Plus, uh, I, have ca I have cats drop me crazy. They picked just now to start <sighs> running around and making as much noise as possible. Well, that's cats for you. Yeah, yeah flushing toilets. Yeah. Well, we don't mind cats um, being uh, around the podcast, do we? There's, but, no, um, definitely not. No. Okay. Well, uh, as we got a double bill, we're going to we're not going to dwell too much on what we've seen over the last couple of months because we've probably seen quite a lot. But maybe mm -hmm. if we have a chat about maybe one thing that stayed with us or something you want to have a chat about. So, um, Joseph, do you want to mention anything you've seen? Uh, yeah, I've been watching the TV series Slasher, mm. uh, from the Chiller channel. Yeah. And, uh, the first couple of episodes were really, you know, I wouldn't say great, but, you know, it was entertaining and watchable. Man, this show has really just become so ridiculous. The problem is that, uh, they introduce so many characters and rather than, you know, introduce them, I guess, organically to the story, they just kind of like pop out of nowhere as if they've always been there and you're like who is this person again and it's just uh it's just so cluttered and just i don't know it's just it's hard to follow it's so like you know labyrinthine just for a simple slasher plot and um the uh the heroine the main girl she had to suck somebody off to get the lead role because she's just awful uh she she has a very hard time like you know doing an American or even a Canadian accent. She, you can hear like hints of Irish and Scottish just slip in from time to time. Actually, not even from time to time, just kind of like often it's just, she's terrible. So I'm wondering how she got the lead role. Uh, you know, it's got some good kills, some good atmosphere, but it's just so, it's just so cluttered and messy. It just, uh, it could have been, you know, so much better. Okay, I haven't seen any of those, but uh, I was kind of interested in catching up with it eventually. Um, Nathan, have you seen any of Slasher? No, I haven't. Hmm. What about Eric? What about you? No, it hasn't been broadcast over here, so how would I see it? Well, I don't know. I was wondering if it was out on Blu-ray in Dublin. Eric? No, it's not, now. Eric, how did you yeah? end up seeing uh, Ash vs. Evil Dead? Uh, it was on RTE, which is our national broadcaster. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Can you send us proof of that? <laughs> um, my camera broke. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> his mic, at least his mic didn't stop working. Yeah. Well, hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed, we are now beyond the, the sound issues. Yeah. We have other issues, but we are beyond the sound issues. Um, yes. So, um, anything else, Joseph? <laughs> uh, a few things, but I'm not really going to go into anything else since we're on a, a double bill here. Okay, right. Well, Nathan, how about you? Um, I haven't really watched anything that I haven't already seen. Um, I rewatched April Fool's Day. I still really love that film. 
They, that played in the cinema over here on a, on April Fool's Day. <gasps> I would have loved to have gone to the theater and mm-hmm. seen it. I didn't go myself, but <gasps> that would have been so much fun, Eric. <laughs> I know. That would have been good fun because, of course, that got released over here and probably in Ireland on the double bill with Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Jason lives, mm. if I remember correctly. So, well, I forgot the poster somewhere. So, uh, yeah, fun movie, fun movie, excellent. Anything else, Nathan? Uh, no, no. Okay, uh, Eric, how about you? Okay, well, I've been to the cinema. Like, I hadn't been to the cinema for about six months, and I went to a flurry of movies. I went to see five uh, horror or horror-related movies in the space of a, you know. A, couple of weeks uh i'll just focus on one but the ones i did see i saw good night mommy uh 10 cloverfield lane which is excellent um the boy and the forest which were both kind of generic multiplex you know ho-hum movies but the one that uh, sort of everyone was talking about at the time was the witch has anyone else seen it yeah, so all I knew going into the film was that it was set in the 17th century and had some sort of spectacular reviews behind it. Uh, so I kind of I went in with a clean slate, not knowing what to expect. So it's about a, a family living on the outskirts of a dense forest, struggling with a failing crop and trying to uh, make ends meet and all that. But uh, the film starts on a quite a grim note where their infant child is uh, stolen from them. You don't see by who, but, um, well, you do actually. It, it, it's, it's a weird although they well it's it's vague let's just say that some people think it's a wolf some people think it's a witch and uh, so the supernatural element is kind of left ambiguous you know is it all in their minds or is there actually a witch in the forest doing all this stuff blah 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 um, so the, as for the film itself I really liked it I, but for me it was a, a very much a one time watch mainly because the film is quite grim uh, and bleak uh, and there's very few laughs to be had in it in fact there's no laughs to be had in the film uh, also it's a, the dialogue's all done in sort of ye olde English and it's delivered with heavy Yorkshire accents which um, made it slightly feel slightly stagey and also it sometimes was hard to decipher what they were saying you'd have to you had to really think or sort of concentrate on the dialogue uh, because of that um it was on the plus side the film's really atmospheric really well acted including by kate dickey who's a scottish actress uh, who steals the movie and is brilliant in it which is the reason I mentioned it because she was also in Prometheus where she was really really awful um, so it's nice to see that she does have talent um, yeah so definitely worth watching not one I would purchase on blue well you know me and my purchasing habits um, not one I would purchase are Baby Jesus because just because it's quite grim and bleak it's just not a fun movie but it's a very good movie uh, Justin what did you think? Um, I was, I had mixed feelings about it actually, because we went to the cinema mm. and I, I kind of, I, I kind of guess I kind of swallowed the hype a little bit about it. I think it's one of those films that if I did see it again, I'd probably enjoy it more because I was kind of, I, I was holding out for a horror movie and it isn't really a horror movie, is it? Mm-hmm. And no. there's all these, um, which I had seen some reviews that said so, and, uh, but all these <laughs> things about the, the scariest movie or, you know, not of all time, but you know. And, but it, it it resolutely avoided any kind of anything approaching a kind of traditional scare, didn't it? Mm. Um, and I think it could have benefited with a bit of some, you know, I didn't, I personally, I, I, I didn't feel that kind of unending dread that everyone was talking about throughout it. I, I thought it was very well done. The performances were fantastic. Um, but it was more of a period piece than a horror movie, and I think mm. um, I think it, I, I felt disappointed after watching it because I I didn't it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. That's not necessarily the movie's fault; it's the way it was sold. 
Um, but um, I think if I saw it again, I'd appreciate it more. But I say I've got no great desire to to rewatch, um, you know, that film. I personally, I think if they'd if they'd if the makers have actually got it got some put some kind of true horror elements, i.e., suspense or something, you know, the the dread of something like a Blair Witch Project or something like that in there. But there wasn't really any of that in there at all. No, that was absence. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's that was a shame. I think they could have made the, the film better by ha- adding that in. It wouldn't have detracted from what else was going on. And um, so I was a little bit puzzled by the raves. Um, from some people mm. as far as, far as well, for me um i generally don't like films that are set in oh something's falling off the bed um i don't generally like films that are set in sort of ye olden days like this is set in the 17th century and regardless of how good the film is i generally don't warm to those type of films so my expectations were quite low going in and i was surprised that i didn't enjoy it as you know enjoy it as much as you can enjoy a film that's this grim yeah. um but yeah i would i would it's not one i would go back to but in terms of Overhyped films, I thought was much better than The Babadook. Okay. <gasps> well, fair enough. Talking of people falling off the bed, was that someone falling off your bed, Eric? You've got someone tied up in there. Yeah, and he won't keep quiet. <laughs> Bob, stop. <laughs> so, right, well, that was our kind of our rush through our recently seen. Um, oh, was I, the witch your recently seen as well? It was, yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh no, no, it's all right. Well, it's it's good. To um, it's just to say, t- Ten Cloverfield Lane, I thought was excellent. If anyone has seen it, yeah, and yes, it's if anyone out there looks like John Goodman and wants to tie me up in the basement and slap me around, I'd be quite happy to do that. It's kind of you know uh, maybe blasphemous considering I love the first Cloverfield, but I think it was even better than the first one. Oh yeah, I would agree totally. Is it because yeah. it doesn't look? It looks very much like a from what I've seen in the trailer and without giving too much away, it doesn't, it looks like a Cloverfield was, was a big kind of epic, wasn't it? Of destruction. Whereas this looks like a, a kind of a quite contains sort of yeah, drama. It, it, it is. is. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's, um, it's just very well done. Mm. Just really well done. Um, and it's really engrossing and it doesn't know how to stay. It's welcome. And it has a blistering final 15 minutes that I know divides opinion amongst cer- certain audience members, but I loved it. So, yeah, same here. Cool. Okay, well, that's one to look forward to seeing. So um, thank you, Eric. And, um, well, I think without further ado, I think we'd better dive straight into that Blood Lake, couldn't we? Um, and Nathan... Is no, it's not Blood Lake. I know they're quite similar. Oh, is it not Blood Hook? Sorry. Blood Hook. Blood Hook. We should <laughs> dive onto the Blood Hook. Let's dive onto Blood, Blood Lake. Hook. Um, We've already done Blood Lake. We have. Oh, how can I forget? With little Tony. <laughs> Okay, well, let's dive into the lake where the blood hook is lurking. Um, and here is a trailer, and Nathan, you're going to bring us back. There's a trailer. Cast you into the heart of the world's famous musky madness fishing contest. It's him! It's him! He's doing it! It's various contestants. We're all like time bombs waiting to go off! Boom! The one fisherman who's the most unique fisherman of them all. The master fisherman. This master caster will teach you all the angles. He'll reveal his prize-winning methods for selecting and preparing his own bait. Yes, fellow anglers, this is your chance to learn the art of planting your hook and riding in your catch. So come on down. 
and join the master at this most delightful pastime. hook. Where the catch of the day is you. See Bloodhook. Fishing was never like this. Ooh, you know, I've never seen, heard that trailer before or seen it, so now I want to look it up. I like the sound of it. Um, Bloodhook features uh, Peter Van Cleese, whose grandpa was murdered years before, although it wasn't treated as a murder. But he always says that he did see something that day. So he brings his um, girlfriend, Anne, who loves to psychoanalyze people. Um, her friend, Kirsten, who is kind of the bitchy girl of the group, Kirsten's boyfriend, uh, Rodney, and their friend, Fenner, who I love his name, Fenner. I, I name my fish Fenner. Um, they all go to this Musky Madness uh, fishing tournament, and while they're there, there is a uh, psychopath who's using like a giant fish hook to hook people and reel them in. Um. So, thank you, Boomer. Appreciate that. Um, so, I am actually a huge fan of this movie. I've seen it many, many, many times. I think the weapon is quite original, sort of like Killer Workout. You know, they got the giant safety pin. In this, it's like a, a big fish hook. And a cat, the killer casts the, the fish hook, and he's actually able to reel people in. Now, I don't know how realistic that is, because... Um, in all honesty, I feel like the hooks would just rip out of the skin. I don't feel like they would actually, you know, stay in someone long enough to reel them in. But, I mean, in this scenario, it does. And my dog has decided that as soon as I need to start talking, he's going to get up and start roaming around and drinking water and everything. That's dog's food. <clears throat> well, that just adds it's a color to the podcast, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> um. But, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that's um, a little out there. I mean, number one, um, Bev D., who, um, you know, lives there and is working at the tournament, she has got to be one of the one of the most neglectful mothers. Mother of the year. At one point, she leaves her kid outside in a crib to and, and she goes running in the forest and just leaves him there. And. I believe Finner says something to her about, aren't you afraid he might get eaten by a bear or something? And she's like, well, I'll make sure he don't have any desserts first. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's her reasoning there. So, um, and I believe that, and I don't, I don't know if this is very clear from the movie. Um, even though I've seen it many times, I believe that we're led to believe that Evelyn, who is the crazy, you know, war, warlock guy is um bev d's kid's father because mm. later they're sleeping together so there's some weird triangle between <clears throat> dinner bev d and evelyn i think uh she just did it all for the hooky come on the hooky is that your joke of the week Ooh. yes Hooky. <laughs> it's it's a stupid American slang term. It's a stupid uh, Limp Biscuit song. I did it all for the nookie. I just said the hooky. All right. Uh, My Limp Biscuit knowledge is quite limited, I'm afraid. <laughs> you're you're lucky. And there's this family in an RV, and 
at the very beginning, they show up and talk to Mr. Ludke, who runs the uh, bait store. And the dad is just unnecessarily rude to him. Like, there's no reason for him to be rude the way he is, because he shows up and he says, um, you know, he's asking for directions. So Mr. Luke, he gives him directions. He's like, well, why don't you put some signs up? He's like, that's what taxpayer money's for. Put up some signs. And I'm like, you're telling all this to a guy that runs a bait store. <laughs> he doesn't exactly work for the city. Oh, and what did you guys think of Kirsten's hair? Awesome. <laughs> totally awesome. But, but she'll make fun of you, though, if you compliment her hair. Yeah, I know. I know. I wouldn't just compliment her. <laughs> I also like the, what was the name of the girl who does the yoga? And, and I like her zigzag earrings as well. I love her earrings. Yeah. Although her character drives me crazy because she psychoanalyzes situations and it's, it, it can be a little annoying. Um, and there's that scene at the end where the killer like casts and the hook hits her in the hand and she's able to get it out of her hand. But then she runs to the, um, what is that thing? I don't know what it is. The little thing that comes down the hill. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a, an elevator, a travelator type yeah. thing. <laughs> it's a trolley. But I mean, that thing is so unbelievably slow, and she's sitting here pressing the button, waiting on it. I'm like, why don't you just run up the hill? Yeah, at least okay, you can. You probably get there faster. Um, and that's what's crazy about this movie is for the people that see the killer coming towards them, <clears throat> you could get away from him. You know, like, I mean, she could have easily gotten away from him. And instead, she's... Um, standing there pressing a button and staying in full view of him so he can hook her again. So there's that. Oh, and I love when they first come upon Evelyn and Peter goes, this is, you know, Van Cleese property. And Evelyn goes, don't you try to push me around or I'll torch the place. <laughs> um, but, oh, and did, did you guys, we talked about this a little bit before. Did you guys get the connection to Serial Mom? No. Well, I know well, what you're going to say. Yeah. Sort of, sort of. Um, the mom in the RV group um, who talks about the loons sits there and, like, mocks the – or not mocks, but mimics the loon, the noises that they make at the dinner table in front of everybody in <sighs> which they all think she's crazy, which, you know, she kind of is. And I love the when she goes out onto the um, the dock, and when the hook gets cast for her, like basically at one point you just see her spinning around in circles. I thought she was going to turn into Wonder Woman at one stage. She's <laughs> <laughs> just trying for it. Well, I think that I know Eric's opinion, so I'm gonna ask for his first. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> At the outset of the film, it looked like it was going to be watchable uh, and had occasional flashes of entertainment. Uh, but on the whole, I found the film quite dull and overlong. And my, like, my attention was held for the first 20 minutes or so as we were introduced to the various characters, the fishing festival, that amazing gizmo that's called the Stud Finder, which I think we, um, I think we call that Grinder now, don't we? Um, no, no laughs. Um, uh, and I, you know, obviously I love the character of Kirsten, uh, who's the valley girl obsessed with music and her hair. Um, and she, but she doesn't like Elvis Costello. Um, Bev D is a fun character too. You know, the not not exactly mother of the year, as we were saying earlier, letting her, her child just frolic in a lake while she's doing her exercises, you know, back inside. Um, uh, and I like the mother in the obnoxious family too, as you're saying, she's straight out of a John Waters movie with her loon impressions. Loons being apparently... Um, some kind of water bird 
that I had never heard of because, uh, yeah, I'm not just not into that type of thing. And also muskies I'd never heard of before, Nathan, which apparently are some kind of fish. The fish, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the new wave guy, Guy Rodney, uh, who wears the fishing hook as an earring, was quite fun too. Um, but uh, as with a lot of these slasher movies, all those interesting characters are killed off quite early. Uh, and like the lead character, Peter, I found to be quite dull, even though he looked exactly like the bass player from the Icicle Works, which Justin, I don't know if you got that... Um, impression were you an icicle works fan back in I the 80s he wasn't i've no of them but not uh, okay um well I, one of the things I, I did you get those audio clips i sent you during the week i did yes okay i love the fact that he's portrayed as some sort of musical prodigy and when he goes to improv on his little bon tempi keyboard uh his work is shall we say atonal have you got the clip of him playing the keyboards just is this the blood hook keyboard jam that's it <laughs> Wow, just wow. bursting with melody. It actually reminded me, like, actually, one of my favourite songs is a song by Japan called Ghosts, and the intro to that sounded not dissimilar, if you have that one as well, Justin. See? Uncanny. It is uh, very uncanny. Very, yes. So maybe he's, maybe this guy Peter is just a, a genius and I just can't see it. Um, yeah, and... Sorry, that's just finishing now. The one of the other things I found kind of interesting and just peculiar about the film was that that military obsessed guy is called Evelyn, which I've never heard of a man called Evelyn before. It's a girl's name, surely. Um, no, there's a there's a He Man character named Evil Lynn. But I think <laughs> that's still a girl. Yeah, and, and it's a girl, isn't it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, but on the whole, I mean, like the slasher element. <clears throat> When it does begin, that's when I begin to lose interest, ironically, because um, it's the same concept repeated ad nauseum. Somebody like falls on the hook or the hook sort of embeds. It's, I mean, and it's not that graphic. You don't see sort of close up um, high quality special effects of of hooks ripping through skin like in Hellraiser or something. Um, so, you know, once was fine, but then the novelty soon wears off. Uh, I did find it kind of interesting that even though they know all their friends are being killed by somebody, they still, you know, go drifting off in lilos in the middle of the lake and fall asleep, um, which I thought was... Well, I know that they're, they're kind of going for an obvious comedy element to the film, which didn't really work. Uh, so it's not the worst film we've ever covered, but... And, and <laughs> Damning it, by no, it's like Perry. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it isn't. And you know what? It I was surprised at how sort of well made it was considering you know the the budget i'm sure the film was made for it is quite well made it's just it's dull um and when it comes to films like this films that i call nathan films i use my inverted commas fingers there sorry um i prefer the ones that are slightly bonkers like boarding house or night to dismember me too you know, films like films like blood hook could do with a you know ironically they could do with a hook they could do with some degree a degree of insanity you know, preferably uh, unintentional, uh, that would, you know, that would, you know, just make them more interesting and more fun to watch. I just found Bloodhook really, really dull. Um, as I said, I was surprised at how well made it was, and I was kind of with it for the first 20 minutes, thinking, okay, this could go somewhere. But by the end, it had really outstayed its welcome. 91 minutes, so I, I think it's 91 minutes, is it? I could be wrong. Uh, it just felt, it felt way too long, and I got bored with very quickly sorry ironically eric uh it was justin who chose not to dismember when we were i know yeah 
Yeah, but it was very much a it was very much a Nathan style movie though. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean I loved it. Um, and I wanted to say um, right quick, spoiler alert, that one thing I love about this movie is that it's one of the only movies I've seen where the killer is killing people because they're giving him a headache. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, uh, Joseph. <sighs> There. I think that says it all. I don't think Joseph needs to yeah, say that's it. pretty much my thoughts on Bloodhook. No, um, uh, this is a movie where I was just kind of jotting down notes, just kind of reaching for some entertainment value. Uh, I don't think any movie centered around fishing should last, uh, you know, 10 minutes, let alone 90 plus. Um, so some of the notes I took, uh, I, well, I was kind of like, you know, playing on my phone while whilst watching this. Is I thought Peter uh, looked like Hart Bachner with Down syndrome. Uh, I thought. I uh, say that. <laughs> I just did. Uh, I did like uh, Bev's uh, LGBT friendly uh, short shorts with the rainbow on them, uh, and I noticed that she also has uh, hairier armpits than I do when she was lifting her little weights while. Well, her... I was wondering that was that shadow or was I it thought it was a shadow. <laughs> Yeah, while whilst her child was frolicking in the lake. Um, yeah, her child, who which we should specify, is probably under one year old and shouldn't really be left unsupervised by a lake. I did like uh, Rodney's fishing lure earring, and uh, I thought he was a dead ringer for John Cryer. Uh, did anyone yes. else see that? Yeah. Yes, I can see where you're coming from with that one. Yeah, I think the big. <laughs> I think the biggest question I'm left with this film is uh, I wonder if Eric found the guy's uh, pot belly sexy even though it got impaled with a giant fishing lure. Which guy? The dad in the, the RV. Oh, no. <laughs> not not necessarily him, but just his, his uh, protruding uh, stomach. Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to his protruding stomach, but uh, when, it, when the scene comes up in Bloodhook, which is playing in the background, I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, for the most part, I'm in agreement with uh, Eric. Uh, I think the movie's, you know, well-made enough, but it's just so boring, and uh, the subject matter just does not interest me at all. Even from a comical standpoint, uh, I like unintentional uh, comic comedy in uh, slasher films, and I don't like it when they try to be funny. I mean, a few films can get away with it, here it just uh, I, I didn't really laugh so much as cringe and just kind of you know consistently check my iPad for something better to do. Uh, so unfortunately, I'm going to have to give a pass to Bloodhook. Yeah, my um, iPad was definitely in overdrive while trying to watch Bloodhook. <laughs> it's one against two. What about you, Justin? Well, I think it's probably three against one. Um, well, darn. <laughs> I thought I've had this uh, VHS for years. Um, I must have picked up in. The Don't States. pick it up or the mic will break. <laughs> oh no! Right, I put it down again. Um, in uh, it's cursed. It's cursed. In about 1999, and I never watched it partly because it, it was had trauma involved, and I'm just not a trauma fan. And also, I thought it was going to be some hideous horror comedy. I mean, I was half right. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it was uh, it was it played a lot straighter than I expected it to when I finally got down to to watching it. Um, I think the the thing that put me off slightly was also I thought the on the back of the video box there's a shot of the two um, there's two shots there's one of um, the two corpses that you see being pulled oh, through yes. the water at the end which look like they're aliens 
And I thought... It does. It's the weirdest makeup, yeah. It's really bad makeup. Well, kind of strange makeup. They don't look like... They look like they've either been in the water for five years um, and somehow preserved and turned into, and you know, and gone by Area 51. Um, <laughs> yes. It was very strange. And that's why I thought it was going to be some kind of weird sort of trauma-esque piss take. Um, and next to it is a picture of the um, of the kind of new wave couple, uh, which is slightly more alluring. But um, uh, I also was, was a little, <laughs> alluring. Well, you know, comparative. In, in, alluring. In, what? Come on, you lure. didn't get it. Alluring. Fishing lure. Oh, yeah. no, that's your that, joke sorry. of the week. Is it? Thank you. Um, <laughs> I also wasn't. I wasn't sort of taken in by the other thing on the back of the video box. It says critics all over the world have discovered Bloodhook and are all hailing it as the best in years. Which the best washing years, really? <laughs> the best fishing-based slasher movie in years. <laughs> exactly. So I, did, I didn't fall for that. I mean, I did when I when it started. I thought, well, this might be like Eric. I thought this might be all right. Um, and I was, but I was kind of half watching it, and then the, um, I didn't really understand how the father died because he seemed to be listening to some music, and he's got this kind of stupid child who says doesn't know what a tape recorder is, and then he know, just suddenly does a little pirouette and then falls in the water. Yeah, I think it's face. supposed to be similar to the um, the mother's death later on the dock. But does I think it's, Norman death? Does yeah, I think it's um, like he's supposed to have gotten hooked, and you just didn't see it, and it pulled him in the water. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Well, I just <coughs> wondered maybe. Um, I thought I'd, I'd, I half thought about recutting that clip with Toya on it, but um, but I thought uh, I was it. waiting for that because there's a scene in the film where he tries to uh, distract the killer by holding up a stereo playing music, and I thought, oh, he's <laughs> probably listening to Toya or something. Yeah, but of course I'm not that childish, so I wouldn't do. You're that. You're not that childish, no. Of course yeah. you're not. <laughs> um, I thought some of the the scenes approaching approaching and professional. I like the the scene with the. Um, the 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 guy in the boat being killed um, on the speedboat. Um, I thought that where was he lies, well he's done. sunbathing and he lies down on the hook. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of quite well done, but it just didn't really. It was trying, and also there's some of the dialogue was quite witty. Surprisingly, I mean, I, you know, um, there were things like uh, um, I can't hear myself drink, and then he was going on about Beethoven and Mussolini and things like that. Which you know, there was a there's a germ of a, a funny movie in there, but. It's again with a movie that's trying to be funny that isn't funny. It can be the complete opposite, which is kind of basically, ironically, the crickets playing. Um, and of course, that was. Am I right in thinking that it was something to do with the crickets that are driving the killer mad? Yeah, the cicadas, cicadas yeah. mixed yeah, yeah. with the music or something. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah it's kind of. <coughs> yeah, but there's this artificial cicada sound all the way through the film, which was really grating. I thought. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that was the thing. I mean, one of the, the kind of the links in some ways between these two movies is the geriatric killers, isn't it? Um, because he's, you know, he basically is an old man with a fishing rod that anyone should be able to run away from. I mean, obviously, it's not based in reality. You've got this kind of killer with an incredible aim being able to throw this massive fishing, what, what, what do you call them? Like what hook or with like the thing at the end? Allure, okay, but um, and is able to hit at first, you know, at like sixty feet or something, throwing this thing across the lake and hitting people in the neck and stuff like that. I mean, it's obviously <laughs> it's not based in reality. <laughs> Every time I see stuff like that, I think about uh, the one of those witch uh, warlock movies with Julian Sands. There's a guy who basically throws a spear like a hundred yards. So every time I see stuff like that, where the killer's got precise aim from like far away, I just call him Dexterity Bob. Yeah. 
It was um, I don't know. It kind of it it just didn't it didn't gel. It didn't really work for me. It wasn't silly enough, and it but it wasn't straight enough either. It kind of it fell. It kind of just fell into an, into the middle, which was just like blur. Um, it just wasn't. Yeah, wasn't <laughs> yeah that's the middle. Meh, meh, yeah. meh. Blur is um, Justin's version of meh. Yeah. Well, meh, blur. <laughs> but it wasn't. Yeah, it just wasn't enough of anything really to be uh, uh, to hold the attention, which is a shame. Um, it could have been. It could have been better. Uh, well, it could have been better. It could have been a lot better, yeah. but it wasn't. <laughs> could have. So, um, so Nathan, I'm afraid it is three against one. Although you yourself said it wasn't. It's not really high up on your list, is it? No, I mean I do like it, but it doesn't have that rewatchability that say something like Movie House Massacre or The Last Slumber Party has. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I could. I can see where you're coming from. Movie House Massacre, definitely, because of. I keep forgetting her name. Selena. 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 Yeah, she's brilliant. Well, that her. was that was another film that had a geriatric killer, wasn't it? We yeah. could have done a triple bill. I can't even remember who the killer was in the movie. Has massacre. It was just some random old man. It's like young yeah, Mr. Grace should only be served. All right. But um, but uh, but yes. Is there anything else to say uh, before we go into like all two lines of background? Normally, normally I'd try to remember stuff about films and say, "What did you guys think about so and so scene?" But uh, aside from my notes, I I really don't remember much about Bloodhook. Well, it, uh, it's it's a difficult film to concentrate on. I mean, as I <laughs> yeah. like, God knows what I, what I did with films like this before the iPad or the iPhone was invented. It's like, oh, <laughs> I know what I See? did. I avoided them. Yeah, I think to me, one of the issues that I do have with Bloodhook is I feel that a lot of stuff in it came across a little sloppy, like the whole Bev D, Finner, Evelyn like situation. Like, I mean, I've seen it several times and I still haven't quite put together how that all came about. I mean, it's it's like she's totally into Finner and she's a single mom with a kid. And then suddenly she. um She's sleeping with Evelyn, and that just seemed to come out of nowhere to me. Mm. Um, she's a I, hooker. And then, I mean, then she's like, a blood you know, hooker. <laughs> and then everybody seems to love the same song. They replay the same like well, yeah, rock that. song throughout the whole movie. It's kind of a catchy rock song, I think. Yeah, I mean, I like it. It's just, you, I mean, it's the probably the only song they had. It's not they as good could as use the one in the movie. From, uh, Houseboat Horror. That's still my favourite rock song in a horror movie. (laughs) (laughs) Young, cool and groovy. Just just an aside, um, Evelyn is a man's, can be a man's name. Or it used to be. Really? Yeah, it's Evelyn Waugh, who's the English (coughs) novelist. Oh, Um, I I thought that was a woman. No, it was was a chap. But it was quite... There were quite a yes, few. Yes, I'm not that of, intelligent. But they used to have um, uh, not. You so can disagree now. with me with that statement, Justin. What? Well, no, I, I just took it as a, a statement of truth. Um, but they used to be back in the day. There used to be quite a few sort of like girls' names or names that we now kind of see as as, as sort of more associated with females, like um, um, just well, Eve- Evelyn. No, I was going to say. <laughs> and um, not, I was trying to think what other ones there are. Um, this that's is scintillating. <laughs> it is scintillating. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, if you can think of any more ladies' names, um, send us an email. But <laughs> Yeah, please. <laughs> Susan. I know lots of boys called Susan. Exactly. Um, so, uh, any background, Nathan? Um, I have background. Okay. It's, um, 
made by uh, the guys who were involved with Mystery Science Theater. They actually went from this to something that actually is comedy. So I thought that was neat. Um, the um, town where it was filmed, um, that giant fiberglass muskie really is a big landmark in that town. Um, the director has a cameo in the movie as a local speaking to the sheriff. Um <clears throat> Sorry, I've I'm getting I have bad allergies right now. Um, it was shot yeah, in six weeks. Bad allergies right now, Nathan. Uh, I, I was I'm getting very emotional about these films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. It was shot in six weeks. Um, it took them six weeks. God. Yeah. Maybe they filmed on weekends like we did with Night Maybe, Before yeah. Easter. Um, the original title was Musky Madness. Uh, but Troma, who picked it up, didn't think people would know what a muskie was, so they changed it to blood hook. <laughs> and they were right. I had no idea what a muskie was. <clears throat> they were very right. So, And right quick, and I forgot to mention this earlier, because I think Eric's the one that said it. Like To me, some of the stuff like involved the fishing part of it, I just don't care. Like the one guy, he's caught cheating and, and all this. Like To me, I just I don't care about that. I'm like, couldn't we have thrown a few more people in for a body count instead of this nonsense of this guy who is going to cheat at a fishing tournament? He's got his own little side story for that. Mm. But anyway, that's the trivia that I have. <clears throat> okay, well, thank you, Nathan. Eric, have you got anything else for us? Uh, okay, just one other thing, and this is uh, in relation to its uh, UK release. It was certified in 18 by the BBFC in March of 1987 with some cuts, although these, what exactly was removed from it isn't detailed, but I just imagine it's close-ups of, of blood and hooks going into flesh and that, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it caused controversy for another reason over here, and that is due to its artwork, which I sent you an example of the original draft of artwork they had uh, I sent that to you yesterday. It's basically a woman screaming with a fish hook going into her mouth and coming out of her cheek. Um, and the uh, wasn't there an, a video advertising committee or something back in the 80s who would approve artwork for sleeves? Uh, but they said no to this anyway. So the video company came back with a second iteration where they put a little water ripple to kind of obscure the f- hook going into her cheek. But again, they said no. So the final version of the VHS cover was with it, the hook was removed completely. So it's just a screaming woman's face, basically. Whereas in the US, you get that artwork that Justin has, which is looks more makes it look more like a meatballs based comedy. Where uh, the UK one is quite good though, but it makes it look more like a bona fide horror movie, which, uh, as we know, it isn't. But it isn't a bona fide comedy movie either. So n- neither um, VHS artworks were representative of the film. I have to say. Okay. Well, but uh, yeah, it was difficult great. to find background information. A lot of the actors didn't really appear in anything else after this. Uh, I wonder why. But that's it. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you, Eric. Uh, Joseph, anything? Uh, yeah, coming off of what Eric and Nathan said, the BBFC cut was 16 seconds, I believe. Uh, what they actually took out, I have no idea. Uh, it was the director, Jim Mallon, who... Uh, he actually, you know, as Nathan said, he wrote, produced, and uh, several, if not all, of the uh, MST3K episodes, and he was also Gypsy on the show. Uh, in an interview with the key grip, uh, Kevin Murphy, who uh, is most famous for MST3K, is Tom Servo, and he's one of the three Rift Tracks leads. Uh, he's, he recalled that for the film's premiere in Minneapolis, Minneapolis uh, Minnesota, 
the crew built a boat dock outside the theater uh, that the audience would basically cross as they entered. Uh, let's see. Uh, you mostly did all this. In the television show Parks and Recreation, uh, the fifth episode of season five, uh, Bloodhook is the scary movie that plays at the Pawnee City Hall scary movie night. They refer to the film as Death Canoe 4. And that's all the background info I have on the film. Okay, well, thank you, Joseph. The only thing extra that I've got is a quote from Lloyd Kaufman, who typically said, I think... Says, sorry. Sorry? He said... He said his quote was, sorry. Like <laughs> I'm not, no, no it's more typical <laughs> of what you might imagine him to say. He, he described um, when they were having it, um, uh, sort of trying to sell it at, is it Mifid? Mifid? M-I-F-E-D? I don't know where that... Um, it's a film festival. And yeah, Milan. Is it Milan? Sure. It could be Milan, actually, yeah. And he's, he describes the film as a fishing movie, a terror film with a lot of comedy. It will do for fishing what Jaws did for swimming. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and, of course, it didn't. Um, incidentally, did um, the, the um, MST3K, did they ever riff on this movie? <laughs> no, they didn't. No, they didn't. Mm, you would have thought they would have done. So, they should have. They should have done, yes. I might have enjoyed it a little more. <laughs> well, that's, that's the first half of our double bill so um we are we the next film is such a spectacular it doesn't even have a trailer well at least we couldn't find a trailer for hollywood's new blood but i have got uh, a bit of dialogue so we're going to play in with that um a scary campfire scene and after that nathan will bring us back a long day a hard day a productive day we didn't even get to go outside Maybe tomorrow. This whole area looks so familiar. Well, it should. You've seen it on The Late Show a thousand times. Yeah, in the 60s and 70s, they filmed a lot of movies up here. It's only a couple hours from Hollywood. Yeah, past tense before it happened. Yeah, one of Hollywood's well-buried mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, I heard rumors in L.A. More fiction than fact. I was born near here. That was the lake I swam on as a kid. It was true, all right. Am I the only one who doesn't know what's going on around here? The film crew was up here about 16 years ago. They had one last scene blowing up this old house. The cast had started partying, doping and drinking up pretty good. Some things haven't changed. Mitch, let him talk. They wired the explosives. After joining the party for a while, they returned for the final scene. Boom. All the cameras worked fine. Only they rigged the wrong house. I remember waking up. The explosion shook the countryside. Eight. Eight people. The whole Gloucester clan. Blown to bits. Scattered. With the dust. Man, that was frightening. Um, 
Hollywood's New Blood is about a group of very skilled thespians wanting to hone their skills a little better by going to this, like, I'm guessing, like a little seminar in in the this um, cabin in the forest. And, I mean, I think that uh, the clip that Justin just played kind of helped my intro out because that's basically your story. And the three brothers in the explosion have come back and they're killing off these, you know, like I said, amazing actors. Um, and I mean, I don't really know a lot to say about Hollywood's new blood. I mean, in all honesty, it's not a good movie. I didn't hate it. I feel like you three might not have enjoyed it as much as I did. But what do you think? Have a guess. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I didn't hate it. I thought there was enough like ridiculousness. I mean, the killers themselves, anybody could get away from these people. I mean, they move at a snail's pace. I'm sensing a pattern here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's why these are a double feature. There's, there's many similarities. Um, (laughs) Yes. I got an airplane. One big similarity. Um, But I mean, it's it's definitely late eighties. I mean, you can obviously tell that just by the fashion and you know hair and and all that. Um, I particularly love the scene where I believe they're all going like uh, on a search in the forest, and the the you know dim-witted blonde, I should say, comes back with a pine cone that she is very oddly fascinated with. Uh, the other blonde, who I don't think is much smarter. Um, decides that she wants to tan in the middle of the forest. So she, like, lays down on the ground, pulls her tank top, you know, straps on her shoulder down a little bit, and she's wearing a denim skirt that comes down to her knees, and then she lays there, and I guess that's how she plans to tan. I'm not exactly sure. It just seems very off to me. Um, And, you know, the girls at the end of this film, they are so useless because the the guy's fighting the killer at the end or one of them. Um, and the girls just hold each other and scream in the corner. I'm like, they don't try anything until one of them goes over and very, you know, feebly tries to like pull the killer away. And he like throws her off without any issue. And I'm like, if I was the, the hero of the film, I'd just be like, thanks for your help after it was all over because they really didn't do anything. So I don't really know if I could even call them the uh, heroines or anything because they didn't really do anything except scream and and cower from the killer who's not very scary. And the story behind why these killers are killing to me is 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 actually ridiculous as well. I mean, they didn't. I mean, they rigged all the explosives to the wrong house for a movie. I mean, like, this didn't wake anybody up. I mean, in that house, because I feel like that would be something that they'd have to do a lot of work on. I mean, they're not just walking over with sticks of dynamite and just throwing it like next to the house. I wouldn't think, but I've not been on the set of a big budget film, so I don't know. I mean, that might be how we would have done it in the movie that Joseph and I made. We might have just threw a few sticks of dynamite and you know, just let the rest. We should have. I don't think any of the cast or crew on this have ever been on the set of a big budget movie. No. Um, Let's see. Uh, What do you think of the film, Justin? Well, um, I think (laughs) I preferred it to Bloodhook. It held my attention, yeah, a bit more. It's it's very by the numbers. It's quite lethargic. Um, 
um, which is uh, kind of basically, uh, you know, it kind of matches the killers, which are so slow. I mean, there's three geriatric brothers um, that literally one of them drags his leg behind him like Igor. Uh, and it's impossible to believe that they could catch anyone. But having said that, the, the actors in this are so stupid um, that they do get um, caught. I mean, it shows how stupid they are when one of them finds what he thinks as part of the show, show and tell, a what he thinks is an animal skull, which is clearly a human skull. And he seems incredibly shocked to discover it's a human skull, even though that anyone who's ever seen a human skull would know that it is a human skull, um, which I think it turns out to be the mother of the brothers, doesn't it, the skull? Um, oh, yeah. But he, um, <clears throat> just go how, again, how perhaps not set in reality the film is, is you've got these three geriatric brothers who are out in the woods who, whose faces are still blackened by soot from the explosion from 16 years ago. Um, so, so you would have thought they might have at least washed their faces in the in the, the past sixteen years, but no. Um, <clears throat> Wouldn't they have been better served like suing the movie company and getting a bunch of money out of this? I think they should have. Yeah, you would have thought. So. Yeah, like they could afford it. Um, for a lawyer, yeah. I I like the, the the scene. I mean, the, the scene the, the the woman with the dark hair who gets killed, basically it's a kind of a rip-off, well, not rip-off, but it's a, of the scene in Friday 13th Part 5, um, A New Beginning, where, is it Deborah Sue Voorhees gets killed? Debbie Sue, yeah. Yeah, with the, with the shears. And so you don't, it's, the whole thing is, is fudged. The, the gore in this is pretty much non-existent. But um, uh, she gets killed with garden shears. But her, her acting in this is, is hilarious because she's just kind of, um, it's uh, you know she's just like oh don't kill me uh, almost checking a watch to see if it's time for her to check out. Wow, that was good, Justin. Well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I also to show like how lack of gore. It's one of the first kills in the movie is um, of an actress who, and I use that term advisedly, who decides that she has to go back to Hollywood because she said Hollywood can't bear to be without her or something along those lines, and she goes. Uh, she gets in the car, and then you see all you see is a shot of her of her bosoms, well, her top, and then um, a trickle. Literally, somebody gets a teaspoon of fake blood and pours it between her breasts, and it trickles down slowly. So the killer, you know, it's clearly she hasn't had her throat cut; she's just had like a, a minor flesh wound, if if that. Um, but that's pretty much the pattern for the for the movie. The the only gore. Um, <coughs> effect i kind of guess is when the i think it's, does the kill one of the killers get a pencil to the eye yeah um, uh and the, the one thing i thought was had a certain sense of pathos about it which the rest of the movie doesn't is the the idea of shoving the mother's skull into one of the killer's faces i, I thought it was ridiculous kind of ridiculous but also had a kind of strange kind of pathos to it which um as I've done a, done a review of this film for Hysteria Lives. Bizarrely, this was the, mo the movie that um, inspired me to write another review. I, God knows why. I must have just been in the mood. But um, I, as I said, that e even in the, the most dire of 80s slashers, sometimes there's moments within it that um, are genuinely, not unnerving, but sometimes come out so out left field, you can't help but sit up and take notice. Uh, so I didn't hate it. I, I think it was... I, the the fact is that it's only seventy seven minutes long, and the last ten minutes are a recap of the the first seventy um, or so minutes. Goes to show that it was obviously a, there must have been a pr troubled shoot. It, you know, uh, there was obviously some some problems with it. Um, but it's it's so by the numbers 
the the acting is so poor um the pacing is so kind of uh, uh, so kind of slow uh it just never really builds up ahead of steam until the last kind of kind of climactic five minutes when there's a little bit of a kind of a cheap jack kind of thrills to be had but um but i have seen worse so there's the damning with faint praise you're right about the last 10 minutes though with the recap because it's funny to me that they don't use like stalking scenes or killing scenes in this recap they do it's just random scenes of characters talking and walking Mm. i'm like they don't even use the action scenes quote unquote (laughs) from the film Uh, what, what about you eric um, yeah, well, as you were saying, I just, I like the idea of a movie special effects crew accidentally blowing up the wrong house as a premise. I mean, it's, it's, it's like the sort of tragic Brandon Lee incident taken to its most ludicrous extreme. Um, oh, the thing with these types of movies, when they're made with this kind of budget and the budget is so low and, you know, it requires something special to happen behind the scenes. We have a special director, a Sam Raimi or a John Carpenter, uh, you know, or failing that, an escape mental patient like Doris Wishman, um, or John Wintergate, who directed Boarding House, as I was mentioning earlier. Uh, but with films like this, you know, there's a degree of technical competency, I suppose, on view here, but the result, again, like Bloodhook, is just incredibly dull. In fact, Bloodhook would be the superior film, in my opinion. Uh, sorry, Justin, to disagree with you there. Neither film is a masterpiece, but I think Bloodhook is, has more to it than this. This feels just like an empty shell of a movie. There's, um, Although there is, you know, murder scenes in it, it just feels like nothing happens for the 67 minutes, you know, pre-recap that the film is on. Um, you know, it should zip by. The, something that is 65 minutes long should just fly by. But it doesn't. It feels like I'm watching a three-hour superhero, boring, super, you know, Batman versus Superman type movie. Um, is there anything to like in the film? Well, yeah. There's the the sarcastic, the sarcastic uh, dark-haired girl that Justin was mentioning who gets killed, like Debbie Sue Voorhees, uh, with her bangles hair haircut, you know, and her boyfriend. They're quite funny because they're obviously not taking um, their acting retreat very seriously and they're kind of sarcastic. And um, uh, one of the other things I love about the film is uh, you were mentioning um, Nathan, where the acting coach tells the uh, students to go out and find an object to bring back to the house. And his, his exact words are to let their imaginations run wild. And so their version of letting their imaginations running wild is to come back with a pine cone and somebody else comes back with a pebble. Um, so they're not that imaginative. Uh, you know, the film misfires way too much, though, for, for it to be in any, any way enjoyable for me. Uh, it needed an element of silliness, which I mean, it has in a very small amount, but it wears thin after a while. The killer family are, are dull and uninteresting, um, and they really could have done washing their faces, as Justin said, because uh, it was hard to tell the gender of them. I know that they're, they're described as three brothers, but if you didn't know that from the outset, it, you know, who are they? What are they? You know, are they human? Um, the film just has no pace or no momentum, no suspense, anything. It, it's up there with Terror at Ten Killer and the boredom stakes for me. Uh, just <gasps> people want, like that 10 minute recap of people just wandering around talking, which is just the, the epitome of the movie. I mean, you're saying, why don't they include any of the highlights of the film? Well, they are the highlights of the film. The people just wandering around and talking. That's all it is. Um, yeah, Struggle to Hold My Attention, whereas other sort of quote unquote bad movies would entertain me, even something like Crazy Fat Ethel 2, which I think had a similar running time. Um, 
at least it had a streak of WTF running through it that made it sort of watchable to agree. But there's nothing outlandish or daft enough in Hollywood's New Blood to perk up the tedium. So, yeah, I was just incredibly bored by it. And the sooner uh, I switch off this film and never hear of it again, the better. Sorry. That, that could go um, in the video box. Yeah. <laughs> Is it your least favourite film we've ever covered on the podcast? Um... I'd have to have a think. I'm sure that I'm sure there's probably worse ones that were maybe as boring but longer. Um, I didn't like the. <laughs> so this Norris one was, <laughs> this one was mercifully short. <laughs> mercifully short, yes. <laughs> um, okay. What about you, Joseph? Uh, and that's my thoughts on Hollywood's New Blood. Um, I like the. The meta before it was meta approach of really bad actors in a really bad film going to an acting seminar. Uh, I thought that was kind of clever. Uh, was it intentional? I don't think it was. I don't think it was either. I'm really reaching here. Uh, you know, you you stare at you know all the acid washed denim and feathered hair. Uh, you just basically you know you reach for anything, um, but. And even worse than uh, Bloodhook, I don't remember anything about this. And sadly, I actually watched bits of this last night just to kind of refresh, and I still don't remember anything about it. I do remember the the, the interminable final 10 minutes of recap, uh, which is just obvious padding uh, to reach feature length's uh, running time. Uh Man, I'm I'm struggling now. I, I didn't even get any good notes out of this, other than uh, the fashions and the girl who uh, steps on a pine cone and goes into detail about this pine cone. It's uh, nature's way I, of telling us we should wear shoes. Yeah, I thought the killers looked like sixth grade uh, stage play ver- hobos. Uh, they they look like you know if it wasn't soot on their faces, it looked they look like they had those painted uh, five o'clock shadows you would see on some kind of like. Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, back in the thirties and the the twenties and the thirties and the forties, the uh, vaudeville stage oh. rec- recreations and stuff like that. Uh, I got a, you know, I got some humor out of that. Maybe I like the um, uh, boy. I I like the uh, a couple of the death scenes. The one with the hedge clippers, you know, that mimics. Uh, Friday the 13th part five, I thought was just kind of ha ha, but boy, uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm really reaching here. I, this may be the, the first movie on the podcast where I just, even after it, it's, you watch it and five minutes later, it's just, it's not even a memory. It's just, uh, I don't know what it was, but it, I think this for me is the worst film we've covered. Yeah, and, it's just it's and, it's not bad enough to be fun. Is the problem? And you know, at least something like Terror at Ten Killer had, uh, you know, Josh with, "Hey, babe, me and you got some problems." This had none of that. I mean, it's just so dull and just so forgettable. Uh, I just don't have anything else to say. I'm afraid. So there are some a big, a big thumbs up for a big thumbs up for me though. <laughs> oh, big thumbs up, of course. <laughs> There yeah. are some moments of brilliance in the film, though, like in the really? the first death scene, you know, when Justin's talking about the boob blood. Mm. Well, <laughs> um, when she gets killed, she turns her headlights on, and then after the death, the headlights go out, 
and it's very artistic. Well, that's just, she probably just you know failed. She probably had a crappy battery in her car. I, I feel the filmmakers were trying to be very artistic. Um, you know, maybe you know trying out to make the movie a little better than. I think the filmmakers yeah. couldn't afford a car with a battery. What, what do you think um, the reason was? It just me, or did the the forest sounds sound more like the rainforest? Than... It did. It did sound exactly <laughs> like a rainforest. Were there monkeys in the background? Yeah. It like just... there was monkeys <laughs> going was... from tree to tree yeah, above. Why would a girl? Yeah. Why would a girl go out in the woods to tan? I mean, wouldn't the trees kind of block the sun? Well, and why yeah, would she stay like long fully clothed? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think most women, if they tan, they're in like a bathing suit or something. Yeah, yeah and if you're in a horror film, you take off your bathing suit as well. Oh, yeah, that's like true. Because <laughs> that's the other thing. It's uh, there was no nudity in it. There was no gore, and it say these all the uh, prerequisites of uh, 80s slasher movie were 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 missing. And if there was a really scary or suspenseful thing going on underneath instead, then that would have been that. But it wasn't either. So, so it is slim pickings. Uh, definitely. So uh, that's I mean, all I, I have to say about that. <clears throat> I, I don't have a whole lot on on this one, just because. <clears throat> excuse me, darn allergies. <clears throat> um, because I mean, there's not a lot of background or anything like that. There's none. I don't have anything. The only thing I have is the director <clears throat> went on to direct Slashdance the uh, next year. Hmm. Has anyone seen Slashdance? Yes, it's it's marginally better. Oh, uh, oh dear. <laughs> I, well, I wouldn't say better. I'd just say a little more competent. Maybe a little I'd more rather, entertaining. I'd rather rewatch uh, Hollywood's New Blood than rewatch Slash Dance. Maybe. I felt Slash Dance to be even more boring than New Blood. My God! I wow. I don't. I don't know. And Slash Dance know. is longer too. Why are you being so mean, Nathan? That's a horrible well, thing to say to somebody. <laughs> It's just I, I wasn't a fan of Slash Dance. I thought it was very long and boring. Well, well, there you go. That's uh, damning faint praise again, um, or not? Um, any any backgrounds? I have just a few things just about people involved in the film. Okay. Uh, Joe Ballock, who uh, play I don't know what the character's name is. Who plays? I don't frankly care. He's the one who says uh, to pee or not to pee. That guy. Mm. Um, he went on to be in two Umberto Lenzi movies which are actually much better. They were made for Film Mirage, which was Joe D'Amato's production company. Hitcher in the Dark was one, uh, where he had the lead, he was the lead. And the other one was Black Demons, which I think he was the lead in that one as well. Um, both are really, ent- both are trash, obviously, but they're really entertaining movies. Um, he'd also appeared in, is it Moonstalker, was the name yeah. of the slasher movie. Uh, and he was in a 1987 Andy Milligan film that I haven't heard of, but it's called Monstrosity, which makes me want to watch it. <laughs> well... <laughs> Is that Stripes or is that Argento? And Stripes. Stripes, of course. Um, Bobby Johnson, who plays Brett, who I think, you know, again, characters' names just go in one ear out the other. I think he's the lead actor in in Hollywood's New Blood, is he? Is Brett the lead guy with the mullet? Yes, the lead guy, yeah. Yeah, he went well, on to they be all in... had mullets, so... <laughs> well, it's true. He went on to be in Demon Wind, which I've never seen, but I remember it on the video shelves back in the day and, and being... Oh, my God. ...of some sort of Evil Dead type movie. It is hysterical. No. It, it's is it good. It's it's much better than New Blood. It is like a really funny version of Evil Dead. Cool. Unintentionally. Demon yeah. Wind, isn't it the one with a holographic cover? 
uh, yeah, it's like um, it, if you turn the VHS cover different ways, like it looks like a demon's like breaking through glass. Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's another actress whose name I didn't uh, note down in my um, really enthusiastic research for this film. So let me just Google her. Her first name is Francois. Anyway, she was in, she went on to be in Demon Wind as well. Um, but Brett, the lead guy, ended up uh, moving into those softcore movies um, that used to star. Uh, what was her name? Who was that Shannon famous? Shannon Tweed. Shannon Tweed, exactly. Um, and they had titles like um, Animal Instincts and Sinful Intrigue. Um, so I can just picture what they were like. Uh, but that's all the behind the scenes I have. Obviously, I don't, the, you know, it's not a, there's not a plethora of information out there about Hollywood's new blood. A lot of the actors didn't go on to do anything else. Now, let us never speak of this again. I yes. wish Demon Wind was a slasher movie because, I mean, it's, it's, it's really funny. There's like a, a scene in it where... Um, like they're all at this, you know, cabin. It's a bunch of people though. It's not just five, like in evil dead. It's a lot of people. And one guy gave this speech. He'll always protect his girlfriend. And when the demons get released or whatever, she ends up somehow getting turned into a doll. And he picks the doll up and the doll says something like you lied or something like that. And, um, right after, you know, they've seen this girl get killed and turned into a doll and all that. This other girl wants to talk to her boyfriend because she didn't like the way he was looking at this other girl. <laughs> you know, cause that's, that's really important when you've yeah, just seen the, your friend get turned into a doll. Yes. <laughs> they have their priorities in order. Can we oh, just talk about Demon Wind and just forget this? Oh, yeah, I wish all, we could have watched Demon Wind. It's <laughs> almost over, funny movie. Joseph, it's almost over. We'll be moving on the feedback in a minute. Um, has anyone <laughs> else got over. any backgrounds? I've got a couple of bits. I don't have anything. No, no. okay. Um, the Francine Lapenzi, who played Liz... That's who I was thinking of, sorry. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She was in a very, very obscure slash movie called Hanging Heart in 1983. It's so obscure. It was made in the States, but was never released in the States. I think it's only ever released in Brazil and Poland or... So um, I've never seen it, although I do <coughs> now have a copy. So I will be watching that at some point. Um, uh, so it's kind of probably one of the most obscure slashes out there. Uh-huh. Uh, and where did you get that copy, Justin? From a friend from Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, well, as it's never been released. Was his friend called Jesus? <laughs> it was Jesus, yes. <laughs> Jesus. Baby Jesus. Jesus. Baby, yeah. Jesus. Baby Jesus who kind of sent me a copy. Um uh, Donna Lynn is on the because the trouble with the the credits, well, it, you can't attribute blame because it it just gives you the credits without telling you who played who, and because quite a few of the cast never went on to do anything else, it's actually quite difficult to work out who was who in the cast. But yeah. um, on IMDb, the link for the person who um, played by well listed as Donna Lynn um, links through to uh, to an to an actress who um, was born in 1936 and was a Playboy um, model or playmate uh, in 1959. So I, I couldn't work out who she could have been unless she was one of the killers in the, in the blackface. Um, I couldn't work out who she'd been. So I think it's probably a miss, a miss kind of um, uh, attributing of, um, and it was a different actress. But so probably the real Donna Lynn probably is quite pleased that no one knows that she was in this movie. She's safe in the back of her pinto. Yeah, I would have been proud of it. Well, I know you would have been Nathan, but um, but that was Hollywood's new blood. 
So, um, shall we, anything like that to say about the double bill before we move on to some feedback? Uh, <laughs> Creek. Um, was somebody moving around? Yeah, I was moving around, sorry. Oh. Um, all I want to say is that while I did prefer Bloodhook, Hollywood's new blood will get a 5.5 out of 10 for me. It's a little bit above 5. What? Well, just for the unintentional humor. A 0.5 out of 10 for me. And that's been generous. <laughs> Ooh, 2 minus 3 equals negative fun. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> negative 10 for me. Okay. Well, let's, um, let's move on. Let's brush those under the carpet. <clears throat> And yeah. uh, let's move on to some feedback and see what you've been sending us over the last uh, couple of months. Um, and before we do that, here's how to get in contact with the show. Be sure to search for and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at THC underscore podcast. Our voicemail is 858-233-9281. And you can email us directly at v.hysteria.continues at gmail.com. Before we do that, I was just going to mention that um, uh, we are. It has been announced actually that we're going to be doing a commentary for Satan's Blade uh, for the Arrow UK release, um, and that, I don't know when that's coming out, but it's just been um, confirmed on the Arrow page. We're also going to be doing like, some. It's my favourite type of blade. It is yes. We're going to be doing some others, possibly some others for Arrow. Um, which um, we'll let you know about uh, in due course. But, um, yeah, so watch out for those. Uh, but um, feedback, who would like to go first? I got feedback. Okay, do you want to go? It says, hi, guys. I recently got the Blu-rays for pieces with the limited edition puzzle, Burial Ground, and The Mutilator. All three movies look great with excellent features. I would like to hear your thoughts, if any of you have seen them. And that's from Robert Giardello. Okay. Well, we covered, burial, I've got the Burial Ground Blu-ray. We covered pieces. Is he talking about the Blu-ray specifically? Yeah, like if we've oh. seen like the Blu-ray with all the new special features and stuff. No, no, I don't have it yet. No, I don't, I don't have it either. That puzzle looked cool. Yeah. I've I've got, what the, was the other one he said? Burial Ground and... And um, the Mutilator. Yeah. You have Mutilator as well, which, is, which looks excellent as well on Blu-ray. Mm. Both of them do, so... Black we were offered a commentary for the Mutilator, but we had to pass, right? Was that right? Did we? Uh, I don't remember. No, I think so. I don't, well, I don't think it happened for whatever yeah. reason. Obviously it didn't happen. But. Yeah. No. But um, I've got the, the Burial Grounds. I've got the um, the 88 Films release, which is really good. It's got. Have you watched the extras on it, Eric? Yes, I have, yeah. Have you seen all the, the sexy extras? <coughs> the what? The sexy outtakes. I don't think I did, did I? Did you not? It's all the, okay. the deleted clips. There's just basically loads Oh, right, of yeah, 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 with, with some, no sound, is there? With yeah. no sound, with everyone just getting off with each other. Yes, yeah, but there, yeah. a lot of that's in the film anyway, isn't it? No? Yeah, well, actually, I don't think any of that stuff is. I think it's. I think they just kind of obviously did a sexy cut, which mm. um, which they didn't use in the end. So uh, Is uh, Peter Bark in any of the special features? Thankfully, no, thankfully he's not, not in the sexy scenes. Aww. He isn't. He's in one uh, scene where he's in the back of a car looking grumpy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Mama, you can probably live. Mama. <laughs> you can probably live without uh, seeing those. I haven't You're seen so the. I, I will have to pick up the pieces. Um, release. Yeah, I'd like to see the pieces one. I don't. I'm not bothered. Well, I would obviously like to get the jigsaw, but I'm not bothered if that one sold out. But yeah, you see, I have. I have the special edition Blu-ray DVD that came out a few years back and. 
I don't know. Is there enough new content on the on the Blu-ray to warrant a purchase? <laughs> I don't know. It's Grindhouse. I'm not sure. Right? I have the white, the one that you have, Eric. And yeah, I the Grindhouse the, one. Yeah. The special features for the new one. <clears throat> I didn't know how much more special features they could put in because the Grindhouse one had a lot. Exactly. It's yeah. two discs. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. somebody's trying to dial. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I had it's to Joseph. Off pizza. Yeah. Joseph, you're not having a good morning. <laughs> <laughs> trying to order a pizza over here. Um, actually, talking of, um, I forgot. Did we get any feedback on the on the boards about these movies? We get a couple of things. You mean to read it off? <laughs> yeah, well, it might. As, yeah, that'd be good. As we're okay, uh, our feedback. Michael Lake says, Nathan, I love you. I even like some of your picks, but both of these movies are trash. One hundred percent unenjoyable trash. That was from Michael Lake. Oh, Michael. Uh, Tristan <clears throat> Comer. Uh, I think he sent me a friend request. I don't know the guy, but anyway. He says, uh, never seen Hollywood's new blood before, but I enjoyed Blood Hook. Criminally underrated flick. That was from Tristan Comer. Uh, do, 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 do. Rob Doyle says, uh, as for Hollywood's new blood and blood hook, I've never seen them before, but I'll try and get a hold of them and post any thoughts that spring to mind. God help me. Uh, da, da, Larry Lou says, I definitely think there's some very interesting camera work in Hollywood's new blood, but the budget just wasn't there. Reminds me of the Goosebumps TV show a little. Uh, Joshua Gratton says there are dozens of worse slashers than Bloodhook, and the one time that I watched it was pleasant. I'd revisit. Hollywood's New Blood is in my bottom five. I'd rather watch Ten Killer ten times over than this shit again. Uh, Jack Castillo says there's some fun to be had with Bloodhook, but Jesus, Hollywood's New Blood, you guys may have found a new low. And just when you think it's over and the pain has stopped, you get to watch another 10 minutes of so-called highlights of this turd sandwich. Why does Nathan hate us so much? I don't. I love you all so much. <laughs> uh, let's see. Did, uh, Michael Lake again writes in and said, also, this should be called Nathan's Shit Show 2, Return of the Feces. No, it's Nathan's House of Love. Dave Rendoni Rendone says, Blood Hook, I'm still reeling from Terror at Ten Killer. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> Alan Dorich says, I stand with Nathan on Blood Hook. Fun movie. Yay. Uh, da, 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 da. Steve Symington says, Blood Hook, the movie that hates paperwork almost as much as Office Space. And uh, finally, Jack Castillo writes in again and says, Oh, baby, this hurts. Oh, baby. Well, it certainly did. But thank you yes. for that feedback. <laughs> so, um, who would like to go next? I have one here. This is from Jenny. She says, hello, gentlemen. It's Jenny again. I'm now proud to follow the podcast every time it's out and to write to you. Thank you for reading my messages and replying to my questions, too. I don't think you've mentioned it during the Maniac podcast, but did you know that the Michael Cimbello song Maniac from the Flashdance soundtrack was first written as an inspiration to the, uh, by the Maniac film? I have always found this interesting. They later changed the lyrics to fit with a different and more positive mood, and then it went on to be the hit single that we all know. 
I know you are reading the feedback at the end of the podcast, but right now I'm curious to hear you all talk about Suspiria. To be honest, I've never seen the film as a slasher, more as a supernatural horror movie. So be sure I'll be so for sure I'll be all ears with passion because it's one of my favorite among others of its kind. But as you're reading this, I probably know how now your opinions. So thank you in advance. Yes, was Suspiria our last episode? I can't remember. It, I believe it was. We, well, yeah, um, it's, it's been so long. Yeah. Um, okay, now to end this message, I'd like to ask you another question, but it's more about your knowledge as slasher pros. Do you know any slasher or semi-slasher films in which there's a transgender character that is not the killer? Being a transgender person myself, I realise that none of the movies I know, and you know what movies I talk about, are portraying the subject in a different way when Joseph asked this question in a quiz. Uh, you'd kill two if you carried around one of those your whole life and had to keep it a secret at the behest of a crazed family member. What movie does this killer belong to? Oh, that was one of your quiz questions, Joseph, at the time. Yes, and it was uh, Unhinged, I believe it was. Oh, was it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and none of you guys have found the answer, but to me, it was so obvious. Then I was wondering, what does it say about myself? Anyway, tell me if you know a movie in which a trans person is not a killer, please. Uh, I'll repeat myself, but you are amazing and I can't wait for the next episode. Take care and have good times from Jenny. Well, I so can't think know of any horror movies like that. Trans wasn't, uh, wasn't Aunt Martha from Sleepaway Camp trans, a trans person? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> Could have uh, knocked me over with a feather. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. I don't think as a character there's um, as far I as I suppose aware. something like Hellbent. No, that wouldn't have trans. No, no, I no. don't know. No, it's got I don't think a, there is. Kind of a niche market, yeah. If anyone, well, I guess I have to write that. one for a new movie or something just to make her happy. Yeah, well, if anyone can think of one, uh, let us know. So, mm. but um, no, thank you, Jenny, and hopefully you enjoyed our Suspiria show. Um, okay, uh, Joseph, have you got one? Yeah, I've got another one here. It says, hi, guys. I only discovered your show about a month a month ago, but I had to let you all know how much I enjoy your entertaining, informative, and hilarious discussions about all things Slasher. I started way back at the beginning with the first show and have been working my way up to the present. I've also been listening to the current shows just so I stay aware of what's happening with you for now. The Suspiria discussion was terrific, by the way. I love the old episode about the house on Sorority Row because I grew up in Pikeville, Maryland, where the movie was filmed. I also love all the punk, goth, 80s music references, since that music will always have a place in my heart. No offense, Justin, but I'm, a, I'm on Team Toya. Ugh. Yes! In and face, and here's, here, here's a surprise twist. He actually says, uh, no offense, Eric, but I'm on Team Susie. What? Hey. <laughs> yeah, he's on Team Susie, Eric. Yay! What? Yeah. No, but what did he say Team Toya for then? <laughs> he didn't. Did I, was, I was up? lying. I was lying. No, no, you weren't. You're lying about the Susie <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, well. Well, there you go. You'll never know. You'll never know. Uh, he goes on to say, a question for you. Forgive me if this has already come up at some point during any of the shows I've yet to hear. Uh, what are your takes on horror films that have slasher mystery killer elements mixed in with the main story uh isn't that pretty much the movies we cover yeah i mean they're they're all slashers and mystery killers for the most part i kind of guess uh, there's a lot of films that um like you could argue something like basic instinct well he's he goes on to say i'm thinking of movies like the howling silver bullet 
Jeepers Creepers or Dog Soldiers. Okay, I get what he's talking about now. Uh, clearly connected to another genre, but with motifs that are found in slashers. I know uh, you cover... Doesn't stop us, does it, Joseph? No, nah, he goes on to say, <laughs> I know you cover Alien and Predator, so I realize you guys make certain allowances for films not generally considered slashers. And I think uh, I've said, or maybe even Justin has said it, that you know, if there's t- more than enough tenuous links, we'll consider covering it uh, just to kind of pick it apart. So that's just my take on it. And also as a welcome relief from films like Hollywood's New Blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, you you can't deny that Hollywood's New Blood is a slasher. Well, no. you can give it that much, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> anyway, he says, last but not least, I want to praise my favorite crappy film, Bloody Pit of Horror. Certainly not a traditional... <gasps> Certainly not a traditional slasher, but a weirdly entertaining proto-slasher with some endlessly quotable dialogue. Keep up the good work, and thanks for making some long business trips more bearable for me. And that was from Aaron, E-R-Y-N. He wanted he wrote a follow-up email, just wanted to let us know that he is a guy with a very strange, almost girlish spelling of his name. Well, they, that's which kind of ties in, yeah. which kind of ties into the Evel, Evelyn thing. So yeah, well, there yeah. you go. That's a, a symmetry for you, isn't it? Yeah. And, and Aaron, I agree with names. you. Justin, do you have any feedback? Do I have any feedback? Yes, I have one bit of feedback. Um, no, sorry, I was just trying to do a segue there. Said speaking of girls' names, oh, Justin. Oh, Eric. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> naughty. I, I, shall I do my bit of feedback? Well, no, have we finished with Joseph's one? Sorry. Yes, yes. We are, okay. All I was going to say is I agree with Aaron. Bloody Pit of Horror is actually a lot of fun, if you guys haven't seen it. Is that with uh, Mickey it. Haggerty? What? Yes. Is Mickey Haggerty in it? In it? Yes. it is, yeah. Yeah, I have seen it, yeah. Um, very good film. So, okay, I've got a short one here, and it's just about to watch <laughs> Appointment with mm-hmm. Fear, 1985 <laughs> or 1987. Eric, get your mind out of the gutter. You decide, Sorry. a.k.a. Deadly Presence. Okay, credits are rolling. Who's the director? Alan Smithy. Love this guy's work. Um, can't my put a finger on it, but something's telling me it's a troubled production. If you know the cast list, you may figure out how I came to this, watching as I'm typing. Great mid-80s schlock. I recommend for you guys, Eric will be having kittens when he sees the outfits. Love you all, except Nathan. <gasps> Dale, a.k.a. Andrew Rooney. So, what's your beef with Andrew Rooney, Nathan? I don't know. Mm. I must have done I, something. I, I, yeah, I know exactly what you've done. Wow, what did I do? Well, we're we're covering. Look what we're covering. Oh, oh of course. Oh, okay. Well, in my defense, though, this was a Somebody listener pick. This. Yeah, Mike Alishan picked these. Yeah, so it's really Mike's the guilty one. But I, I do accept some blame mm. because, as Eric has said, I probably would have chosen these movies eventually anyway. Let's kill the let's kill the Alishan brothers. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Justin, what was the name of that movie you were discussing there? Because I was too busy giggling at the start that I missed the title. It's Appointment with Fear, and it says Alan Smith. Oh yeah, got, it's I've got, got that's got Debbie Sue Voorhees in it, doesn't it? It has. Isn't that with um? Is it uh, is it uh, Nico uh, Masterakis or is that a different yeah. one? Of, is that and it was with... produced by Mustafa Akad, I think. Let me look. Yeah, uh, Ramsey it... Thomas is the is the director. AKA no, it's Alan, Alan Smithy. Smithy. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of the one with who's the woman? I remember Meg, Meg, um, the woman with really blue eyes. Meg. Meg. Oh, Meg Tilly. Foster. Meg Foster. Foster. Meg Foster. 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 Foster.
I'll get in I have. I saw this back in the day because it had Mustafa Akkad, the creator of Halloween, and I rented it. And I remember thinking, oh, what a pile of poo poo. But um, I'm sure it would be kind of fun to watch now, 20, uh, 30 years later. Okay, okay. Uh, what am I thinking? I'm thinking of the one that's got um, Meg Foster, and it's a point with something. Let me look it up. It's um, where it's like it's got something wind in the title. It's on the wind. It's appointment with the, the wind. wind. <laughs> it could be that yeah, one. Yeah, she's in the wind because I used to have the poster of uh, the Friday the 13th Part 5 that used the wind artwork. And I remember Meg Foster being on the poster. So, Right. Edge of Terror, I think I'm thinking of, isn't it? Is it Edge yeah. of Terror? Which is a.k.a. Oh, it's novelist is stalked by psychopath One Stormy Night, Edge of Terror 1986, The Wind's original title. Oh, right. That's Nico Mastrakis, yeah. Yes, that's that's who I was getting confused with. So, yeah, I don't know who... Um, a directed appointment with fear. Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, um, well, that are we? I think we're kind of coming to uh, grinding to our conclusion, aren't we? I think is that all the feedback. Yes. Yes. Well, what um, we're having a little bit of a break from listener picks just to recalibrate and uh, cleanse our palates. I think cleanse was our, our palates. Phrase was So we are going <laughs> to choose. We're going to choose a few of our own choices. Um, uh, just to uh, you know, shake things up a bit. So it's my choice coming up next time, and it's going to be so frightening you'll never recover. Ooh, ooh, yes. Nice hint. Yeah, thank you. We're going to be going uh, to hospital uh, for a spot of visiting hours uh, the next show. So um, I think back to the golden age of the slash movie. Um, so that one should be quite a lot of fun to talk about. Hopefully, so we'll be back with that. I hope um, you have an interview with what's her name again. The actress in it? Lee Grant. Lee Grant, yeah. We hope to have an interview with her because I think she's really proud of the movie. <laughs> and she's anxious to talk about it. I thought if she's still alive. I don't know if she is. I'll get one with a Shatner and Iron side while we're at it. Okay, Ooh. we'll have a three-way, well, as it were. Um, so, thank you for listening. Um, anything else we wanted to say? I just want to say that uh, I think my cat is basically summing up these two movies. I can hear her, you know, just kind of... <laughs> Shifting through the litter pan right now. <laughs> oh, well, we'll sign off before, before she leaves. I disagree with your cat. Oh, well, there you go. My cat's well, tell never us, wrong. Write in and let us know if you agree or disagree with our views on Hollywood's New Blood and Bloodhook. Um, but we'll see you next time. So what are we playing out with, Joseph? Well, I figured we needed something good from the 80s, so we're playing out with Everlasting Love by Howard Jones. Okay. Ooh, I love Howard Jones. Yes. Okay. I was in his fan club when I was young. Wow. Did Toya have a fan club? She did have a fan club, Justin Kurzweil. And did you, were you in it? No. I was in Bananarama's fan club and then I ditched them to go into Howard Jones's fan club. I was in Bananarama's fan club. No, you weren't. I was. Really? In about 1983, yeah. Yeah, it's the same year I was there in their fan club. Well, there you go. There was two of us. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't last, didn't last for long, but, um, but uh, but there you go. Anyway, fascinating stuff. So yeah. um, we'll see you see you next time. And hopefully this isn't going to be too garbled because we've had a few Skype battles. Um, yes. And the some some reason the disc it just comes up and says disc is full. Um, stop recording, even though it's not. <laughs> not recording this episode again. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, hopefully I'm going to play back and there will be something to listen to. But uh, yeah. But um, but yeah, it's all conspired against um, it getting out there. But let's see. It could still all go horribly wrong. So, like, fingers crossed it won't. And we haven't just wasted the last two hours. Like, we wasted the last two hours of our life watching the movie. 
movies. But thank you for watching and listen. No, listening even. And yeah. if you've been watching <laughs> the movies, then I hope you shared our pain, and we'll see you something slightly classier next time on the Hysteria Continues. So say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye, goodbye good people. I need an everlasting muff. Everlasting muff? Yes. Can you guys hear the water? It's one of those pesky Alishan brothers. Oh, oh my god, Joseph's saying the exact same thing as me at the same time, but that was just me hearing myself back a second later. I'm going, I'm watching somebody get their ear ripped off. Now it's time to switch off Bloodhook forever. <laughs> and then Eric, Eric, I said the fish have three sets of cars. No way. <laughs> yeah.